Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, hi. So um, I'm here with uh, Brian Rowe from Surfcentric, and we're going to talk um, about a few things. And uh, with Irish Tech News, uh, we've been working with Surfcentric, and We've had a, a great experience working with them, so we just thought we'd dive into a bit of what they do and how they are adapting to as, as the technology moves on. So maybe uh, first of all, Brian, can you just tell us a bit about uh, what your role is and maybe how you came to do this? Yeah, Simon, uh, and thanks for, very much for having me. Um, so my role in Surfcentric is I'm commercial director and I uh, essentially look after everything in terms of our commercial arrangements with all our clients um, uh, kind of mm-hmm. how I got there was uh, my background is in IT managed services that's where I've really worked for the last 25 years I was always a, a kind of a computer nerd before that so always had an interest in IT um, and particularly around the, the kind of the platform side of it as opposed to say the the development uh, side of it so um that's that's how I ended up in the uh, the data center business about four years ago. I moved across into Surfcentric from the managed services um, environment into the data center environment. Cool. And and so, how long has Surfcentric been going? Um, the company has been up and running for about eighteen years. Um, okay. Interestingly, we originally owned the data center uh, that we operate from, and uh-huh. uh, about. Five years after uh, we had purchased it, we sold it on to Digital Realty, who uh, you may have heard of. They're, they're yeah. a global data center player. They have they operate about 260 data centers globally. So, so was that like an evolution where Surfcentric saw that they wanted to be more over the top rather than the hardware, so to speak? Was was that the reason why why they took that path? That's exactly it. Um, I, I think as the opportunity presented itself, it, 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 it kind of fitted very well for Surfcentric that um, the, the, the M&E side of it, the mechanical, electrical side of it could be handled by Digital Realty and, and the, the companies that work, there, work with them. Um, and that left us available to provide the services to the clients on top of that. So we didn't have to worry about what was going on under the hood, but yeah. uh, really kind of look after the clients about, you know, what's going on over the ground. And it kind of suits the model that we've uh, had over the last 18 years, but also suits the model we have going forward. Yeah, look, I think it's great. It's, it's a bit like, you know, um, a red hat with Linux that you have, you have the, the you know the, the pipes and then you have people that manage it and deliver the quality so exactly it, it, yeah. it does make sense um with, with 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 you having been in the business for a long time ha, has it has it moved in the directions that you thought it would you know like say 20 years ago are you where you thought we would be now or has it gone into a different place faster or like sooner than you thought yeah um the data center market, I suppose, has it's a natural evolution, and and you know it, it probably is where we thought it would be. Uh, you you always look ten years ahead and you say like, where's the growth going to come from? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bit like the the jobs market. You know, when computers came along, they were going to take all the jobs, and and they didn't because they produced new jobs. And it's the same in in, in IT. 
that you know you kind of say well there's only so much data and 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 we really must be coming to the end of it but now with the advent of iot and you know deep learning and all that kind of stuff yeah. it's just it's it's exponential and it's even growing more exponentially than than it did before and and working that data and and getting that data to do the things that you wanted to do for you um you know that that's that's really uh kind of delivered a huge amount of growth in the industry and and will do for the foreseeable future yeah look i think it's 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 definitely exciting and like you say i mean there are many jobs that that are now need people that five years ago didn't even have a job title so uh it's it's definitely gone that way um you know so 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 we're into august so so basically we're looking at six to eight months of semi-lockdown, different ways of doing things, more things digital. Is that having an impact on the kind of services you provide or the services that people are asking from you? Like, ha- I guess, has Corona and COVID changed things for you or, or pushed things? Um, I, not hugely. I'll I tell you what I think is, is that it's accelerated what was already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there was a huge kind of movement towards uh, online productivity tools, and that, that was kind of accelerated. So uh, things like Office 365, just for the, for the end user and that kind of collaboration environment. The second part of that, and I'm talking about enterprise as opposed to software development, in the enterprise is that uh, organizations are now looking to migrate what they have in their buildings to either cloud solutions or into co-location facilities because they want to become independent of where they are. And that's that's a kind of a, a longer term play uh, that COVID has kind of brought about. It, it's been happening for years, but it's a real accelerant to this. Um, and that's, the, you know, the conversations that we've been having in the last month or two are really around this. How can we get all the IT out of our facility, whether it's cloud or whether it's um, co-location, and be independent of that facility so that our, we have a truly mobile workforce? Yeah, look, I'd agree with you. I think it's been a real uh, push to more digital facing. Yeah, it, it really makes sense. And I think in some ways it's it's just speeded up things, you know, grandmothers doing shopping online, people doing Zoom, you know, calls. So it, it's not that it wasn't possible before, but it's pushed people to use cases that they hadn't considered. So I, I think you're right there. Um, with, with with 5G, uh, as, as and when it kind of becomes a more widely distributed option around Ireland, um, in what ways uh, is that going to produce new business cases and new things that people can do that weren't as easy to do before and i guess and how soon do you think we will have a complete and reliable 5g network yeah i i I, firstly to to, to answer the first part of that i i think it again will allow us to do what was already happening we've always we've always said you know work is something to do something that you do not a place that you go and that will allow people to operate really from anywhere um, it'll also have a big impact on the IoT market. So as houses become, you know, more uh, uh, internet enabled, it'll have a bigger, uh, bigger impact there. Um, in terms of, of rollout, uh, it's not really my area, but I, I mean, I, I would see kind of ubiquitous, uh, highly available, high speed internet available to uh, certainly within this in this country within the next kind of three to five years that's what I'm, my expectation would be yeah look i mean so 
And, and, and if we look at places like South Korea that, that, that have it and already having it and are developing new business models, uh, do, do other countries that, that are further down the road help to give you a roadmap of what to anticipate and I guess how to differentiate yourselves based upon knowing that once it comes, what people might want? Yeah, I think, look, it, it's a global market and that's really for the, the software development side of it. Uh, like uh, what we do is we provide the basis for developers or enterprises to do the magic on top. I, like at the, at the outset, I said to you, I was always more kind of interested in the technology, the platforms, the the tin, if if as it were. And really what people do on that and how they service their customers and, and that kind of, you know, what the developments around IoT, the developments around machine learning, all that is, is, is an area that I don't, you know, I'm not particularly familiar with. What we can do in Surfcentric is when a client, you know, has these ideas and needs a platform to, to, to deliver from, we have the solutions, whether it's co-location, whether it's public cloud connectivity, whether it's, it's a, it's a hybrid build, um, and the security around that and the physical security around that. And that's what we can deliver into the market. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, the, the over the top services that you provide and the, the, the things that better connectivity and more stuff in the cloud enable you to do, um, I, I guess do you have to have a reality check with people or are people quite attuned to, to what's actually realistically achievable in the next six months of this year or four, five yeah, months? I, I think our client base, because because they work in that uh, in that domain, they would have a very good understanding. I think, you know, the, the people that maybe have more unrealistic views of what's achievable are kind of more at the consumer end. Um, yeah, but our, our clients would be very kind of familiar with with what's available. Um, so, so therefore, then, as as we look into the future, um, I guess, uh, wh- wh- where is Surfcentric hoping to go? And you know, in in three to five years, if 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 it went well, um, what kind of things would you be doing uh, with with the technology enabling you to do it? Yeah, I, I suppose. We want to we want to grow the three pillars of our business, and they are cloud, co-location, and connectivity. So, uh, co-location we have a, a a pretty significant co-location business, and and connectivity. The cloud is really where we see the the most growth, and we have our own public cloud uh, that delivers for us in that. Um, we want to be able to enable our customers to build full hybrid systems. Um, what we've what we've noticed over the last few years is that most new businesses are born in the cloud, um, whereas they would have bought tin maybe ten years ago. Um, but as they grow, sometimes cloud is not the right solution. Uh, for example, Simon, if if mm-hmm. they're running twenty four seven high CPU high uh, storage uh, commit uh, applications, it just it, you know, sometimes it just doesn't make financial sense to operate in the cloud. Sometimes it makes far more sense to run in Colo. And we've seen, we've seen clients moving to Colo and, you know, getting burnt and, and coming back out of it. So where we sit is, you know, we want to be a, a trusted advisor to our clients, but we also want to be able to deliver on the solutions, whether it's public cloud, whether it's our public cloud, uh, or whether it's Colo and deliver the best solutions for, for what they want. Um, another another big part of the time, just in, in the development community and, and mm-hmm. where where I see kind of big changes coming down the line, 
is in containerization. Uh, okay. Adding that into the development mix, so things like Docker and Kubernetes that are allowing uh, people to just kind of have that greater level of abstraction from the from the layer below, and it also makes those applications far more uh, mobile, so they can move around without having to. So they can move, say, between public cloud, private cloud, uh, and and on-premise tin far more easily than than would have been the case before. So right now with with development, you see a lot of stuff in some of the large hyperscales, and they use those PaaS services, which are which are great uh, for people that don't know infrastructure, but they're very very difficult to move out of and to move around. And and really, what this whole uh, movement, this containerization movement, uh, allows people to do is move those applications around. So that's going to be of ultimate benefit to the end user uh, and to the developer to the development community. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think that makes sense because it's it's this thing where, on one hand, we want uh, instant connectivity, we want uh, personalized response when we engage with things, but at the same time, we want privacy, and equally, we don't want necessarily just to be, as we discussed before, in a walled environment of you know Facebook or Apple or some or Chrome or, or somewhere else. So uh, potentially, that sounds like that may help to you know n- navigate the connected you through the day. While dealing with 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 the uh, security issues you need to manage, um, I mean, in in the future, is this just going to be an ongoing challenge between uh, hyper connectivity and you know instant understanding of who we are and the services we want versus security that that our personas and our personalities uh, have some degree of security? You know, I mean, I guess how do we balance that? Yeah, it's uh, look, uh, it, it's probably the biggest talking point in technology globally is is around security, um, and that has has many many guises. Um, I, I, the other problem, of course, is that you know a lot of these services have no cost, so people are expecting yes, yeah, all these yeah. these services to be delivered securely at no cost. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they, they want to remove the advertising. So, so how is it monetized from the, from the software development company's end? Um, so yeah, it's, it's an ongoing challenge and it's, it's a, it's a cat and mouse game all the time as further developments come along as, as new software, uh, as new, I suppose, uh, consumer products come along that that weren't there before like tiktok is you know nobody heard of it two years ago and now it's 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 ubiquitous you know it's it's securing those environments and making sure that the users are protected while they're consuming those products for free that's that's the trick yeah look and and i think like you know um you get what you pay for and equally if you get it for free as you know i mean there was the great book um surveillance capitalism where basically uh, if you're getting it for free, you're the product and they're, they're monetizing based upon you and your profile. So, you know, that's exactly it. And and I think you've got to go in with open eyes and, and expect that to be the case. Yeah. And, and, and I guess that's equally where the business opportunity is for those people that that, that, that want more security and anonymity that it's, it's, it's a paid for service. And I guess that, like you say, it's identifying where the business opportunities are. And, and then positioning yourselves that, yes, you can have it for free, but if you want it without the risks that that brings, then there's your opportunity for a business. Well, yeah, and you'd see that business model ac- across a number of companies like 
for example, when we were talking about collaboration, communication earlier on, companies like Zoom that have a free service and then they have a more secure paid service or Dropbox that, you know, do the same thing for file sharing. So a lot of those companies will have an entry level free product to, I suppose, for that consumer market. But again, you know, you go in at your own risk. Whereas they, you know, when when companies are using those products or people who want to, you know, who are, are you know, very um, conscious of their privacy, um, that they can all go up to, say, a professional version of their product and, and pay for it. Yeah. Okay, so is there anything else we should have asked you? And how can people find out about Surfcentric and get in contact with you guys? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I suppose, uh, look, we're very clear about what we do. Um, we're there as a platform for people who have um, co-location or cloud requirements or simply have software that they want to run and they really want to kind of uh, move beyond uh, the platforms that we're using. And we have the people to help them migrate to the, the right solutions. Um, they can contact me personally uh, through LinkedIn or uh, my email is brow at surfcentric.com or they can visit our website, which is www.surfcentric.com. Cool, that's great. And uh, we'll we'll put all the links into the podcast as well, so that no one has to scribble it down with a pen and pencil. (laughs) So thanks very much for your time, and uh, it was good to talk to you, and maybe we'll check in with you down later in the year to see how it's been playing out. Okay, very good. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Cheers, bye. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.